to another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopdall. C70 is about at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Medlock, Red Dirt Redbird, a Medlock one on Twitter. Another Saturday morning recording coming to you after the Cardinals have beaten the Cubs eight to nothing. Uh, the Brewers have lost another game, and Alan, the Cardinals sit seven and a half games up in the Central, and you don't want to call a race over before before labor day especially but this race is starting to really feel like it's over this last month uh five to six weeks probably does feel like that it uh you know it's one of those situations where you start worrying about is this the best cardinals are they playing the best baseball right now by making this much headway but milwaukee's not playing very well which could get kind of points to that uh, you may the the best may be yet to come in in any playoff run but yeah, it's uh, they're closing that door very quickly. Um, Milwaukee has it tough, you know. That we always talk about it on the Cardinal side of of things. When you go to Arizona and you you go to the West Coast, that things are just slightly different, you know. And, and yeah, I include Colorado into that, to where yeah. you just typically play play poorly. And uh, this is a situation where the uh, schedule has gone in the Cardinals' favor. They've taken advantage of it, and they've they've just outpitched everybody else. You know that's that's kind of how it's how it's looked. And and Milwaukee can't score runs, so it right now it looks like the uh, the opportunity is dwindling for Milwaukee. I was I was checking the uh, you know I was looking at the lead and everything this morning, and it was it was funny how how quickly your uh, your five hundred record can dwindle. You know they're they're seven games up right now and 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 that looks troublesome you know moving down there yeah. going down the rest of the schedule yeah i mean it's yeah it's not the just the fact that the cardinals are winning and that that helps obviously but you're right it's the fact that milwaukee doesn't seem to be able to get out of its own way and you know a couple of those times like when the cardinals were trained like you know the car the brewers won those games against whoever they were playing i think it was the cubs that weekend while the Cardinals were playing the Braves and, you know, and they're down Cardinals are down late and, you know, I'm sure Milwaukee fans are thinking maybe they can make some headway and all of a sudden the Cardinals come back to win. And that's, that's going to be a little disheartening for probably for a team too, right? You to think, man, there's just nothing we can do to make up any ground on this team. Yeah. Uh, and they haven't made up what's it. It's been like, I think it's been like what they, there was some, there was a stat that I showed out. There was last time Milwaukee played the Cardinals and won was the last time they made up any ground on St. Louis. They've either stayed the same or lost ground since then. Um, And that's been what three weeks or so probably. Um, That's, that's hard to do, right? I mean, it just really is. And when you can't make up any ground, I mean, a team's got to say, what do we have to do? And, you know, as the calendar flips into September and you're still that far back, you got to just start thinking this isn't our year. Yeah, well, I know that this is all, you know, this is hearsay or whatnot, but how much did the deadline just destroy them? It it obviously affected them some. I I hate to think I I was reading one of my lists on Twitter, you know, I have one for each team. So I was looking through Brewer fan tweets today and – you know, they said, you know, something of that nature, like this is the most mentally weak team because you trade, lose one player and you lay down and die. Oh, gosh, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's that. Obviously, yeah. that first week after the trade deadline was was tough on them. I got to think that they've kind of made some, you know, peace with that. But then again, I mean, it's like 
hey, when you have that kind of trade deadline, and if you go into it thinking, after you've had that happen, you think, not just we lost a friend, but this front office doesn't really believe on us. Um, when you start having situations where, you know, you lose close games or you can't make up ground on the Cardinals, you know, is that a mindset that's reinforced like we're not good enough and, and even the people that have put us here just don't think we're good enough. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good angle on that. I mean, I, I, I feel like that's probably the way that they would uh, – that's something I hadn't thought about. But, yeah, that's probably how they feel in the clubhouse to where, in theory, the move probably made sense, especially when you see the uh, – when you see the uh, performance when he moves, you know, and like I said, he's moving halfway across the country, all kinds of stuff. The stuff that the human element that, that we overlook often, um, it, that, that may have play, played a part. Or the Brewers may have, have seen this coming. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, where it looks on, a, on the baseball side of it, they're like, hey, we're not going to be able to forward his arbitration number this year. You know, we're going to have to make a move now. Let's do it. This is the deadline. We feel like we can get a valuable replacement, and it's not that pivotal. And it kind of wrecked the clubhouse. Um, I say that, you know, not knowing whether everybody liked Josh Hader, you know, one of those yeah. situations, yeah. we, we have no clue, but it is funny. It just kind of seemed to take their, take the life out of them a little bit. And, uh, and, uh, it, the trade, the trade deadline couldn't have worked any better for the Cardinals at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, schedules are the way they are. The Cardinals obviously had an easier schedule after the, after the trade down on all-star break that, and I would think rather than Milwaukee and Milwaukee's, you know, Milwaukee, what one. They split a series with the Dodgers. Um, they've been able to win some some good games, but uh, yeah. I, by the way, you mentioned Josh Hader. I want I just happened to pull up his San Diego stats, and he's got a WHIP of three point five. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's been on almost four batters, and I mean that's that's highest WHIP I think I've ever seen for something that wasn't like one inning or something. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting to see that new team, and you know. You know, they had a, a little bit easier schedule in the first half. I think we thought that the Cardinals would be able to, at least with schedule-wise, make a, a run at them. But I don't think – we didn't think, you know, two months ago that the Cardinals were going to be able to just tear past them. Now, again, two months ago, this Cardinals team was a lot different. And, you know, we were still trying to figure out what this rotation was going to look like. Um, but, you know, put it all together. And I think when it's all said and done – yeah, the 2022 trade deadline, at least for the NL Central, maybe the most impactful trade deadline maybe ever, you know, when you factor in both St. Louis and Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, it, um, I was trying to think, and you know, everybody has kind of uh, had made the comparisons on, on how, how well this deadline worked, you know, mm-hmm. over, uh, over, uh, uh, other deadlines or compared to years to years. And, and it's funny, it's just one of those to where are, were they good and they just needed the pieces or did they find the right guys, that, or the, the perfect guys to come in? I do think they're thorough enough to where they made the right moves on these things. Right. But it is, it's still crazy that um, the, uh, the difference that, that, that it has made, you know, and, and I, but you know, not to clamor on about it. I mean, I don't know if that's, I, I really like Montgomery and uh, like you and I had talked about, this is a guy they probably circled that, Hey, this could be a, a deal that we could get for several years past his, uh, you know, controllable years. I feel like that was probably part of the, uh, that was part of the equation as well. And, you know, it, uh, it has just got it stabilized them. And now you look at, you never want to play New York in a short series just because of the big two, but you have to think that the Cardinals are setting pretty good in a, in a, in a three game series themselves with just, uh, you know, with Wayne O'Michaelis and Montgomery at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You don't want to play the Mets, especially in the best of three, but anybody else you probably feel like you can handle or not handle. Cause I mean, obviously if you run into the Dodgers or somebody that's, but I think you can, even with the Mets, you, you think you can hold your own. Yeah, maybe the first two games may be one to nothing scores or something like that. But, you know, you're right. You've got the pitching that can do that can that can at least be presentable against even the best and the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, you know, like we had talked about a little bit before the show that, uh, you know, some of the uh, 
some of the things that were said in the broadcast booth were, were looking forward a little bit. And I, you know, I think that we've started that as well, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things to where now you can start looking at matchups and, and to see where, where things lie, where a month and a half ago, you're thinking, man, you're going to be shorthanded in one of those, but I don't, I don't know if that's the case now. Um, you know, I keep wondering when, uh, when that bubble may burst on Montgomery, but man, he's really effective. And, and, um, and I just, I can't see it falling off anytime soon, you know, probably more worried about Michaelis than anybody, but my um, Michaelis healthy is as good as they come. And, and yeah, that it's going to line up well. I mean, it's, uh, and we're doing all this. I know that we have a segment here in a little bit, but, but we're doing this, the Cardinal, we're having this conversation while the Cardinals are circling a date for Flaherty to be back, you know, and that's, that's also that, I mean, that could, that be, it's going to be energizing. Yeah. I like you saying what we have segment, like we actually planned this show. No, um, it's not professional. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Montgomery has, of course, Montgomery has pitched well. He's also had the benefit of pitching against the Cubs twice, uh, which he has yet to allow a run, but you know, he's only allowed runs in two games. Uh, out of the six that he's pitched with the Cardinals. And, you know, one of those was, you know, one run against the Rockies. He just had that one game against Atlanta that wasn't good. And, and last night he should have given up a run or two, be, you know, and Nolan's bailed him out. Um, he gave up a few more hits and, you know, had like nine base runners in his sixth inning. So it wasn't six plus. He started the seventh. Um, it wasn't necessarily just, you know, overly dominant but it was good i mean it was great i mean you'd, you'd take it all day long uh it wasn't maybe just as much as we'd seen it at, at times but definitely if he's pitching like that you, you like that quite a bit um you know against a better team what does that look like i mean that is the that is the thing except for the you know he pitched six scoreless innings against spurs for the only quote quote real team i guess well the yankees he pitched against the yankees but that had a little extra motivation um the one team that he has struggled against is the braves which was a team that's going to be playing in October. So it's going to be, you know, he's going to face in the end of the year, he's going to face either the Padres or the Dodgers. I think that could be a real good test to see what, what we might think to get in the postseason. Um, but, you know, he's going to have all the confidence in the world going into all that because of what, how this is going. We talk about impactful trade deadlines on, um, you know, right before the trade deadline, the Yankees had 70 wins in a 12 game lead. Uh, you know, now they have 79 wins in a five game lead. You know, I mean that, I mean, and I know they didn't just trade Montgomery, but that deadline didn't necessarily work out well for them either, which, uh, and I know Yankee fans would much prefer to have, uh, Jordan Montgomery back than the still not still waiting on the debut of Harrison Bader. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you, you know, that was the biggest, that was what surprised me the most on the deal because it, it made it sound like they needed immediate help defensively and, you know, they felt like they had the bats to do it, but to do it for a guy that it's kind of inconclusive when he's coming back, you know, it, 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 was, it was a strange scenario all the way around, but, but it turns out we knew what they wanted and uh, and as Cardinals fans, we, we knew what uh, what the Cardinals needed. You know, so it made sense. But but to see all this go down and to see them circling the drain a little bit, where Tampa's made that pretty interesting. With the, which at one point they were running away, the Yankees were running away with the division. To see the guy that they they made the move for not even show up, it, it, that's tough, and it's kind of a mystery to me. Yeah, it looks like um, just pulled up something here from a couple days ago. Bader starting to hit off a tee. Um, he may start a rehab assignment next week, um, but he's going to need a few games there so you're looking at what maybe maybe september 15th before he shows up on on uh the yankee roster somewhere around there um you know after the cardinals have gotten already six probably at least one more seven or eight starts out of jordan montgomery um gonna be real hard for that trade to ever balance out i, think. Yeah. I mean if Harrison bader has an mvp season next year then okay maybe that works but um you know right now and that's again. I can't. I can't imagine that. I can't fathom it because the Yankees were the one that wanted to do that deal, right? I yeah. mean, it was one that from all the reports and everything we've gotten, it was one of those ones that John Mozeliak wasn't necessarily wasn't planning on, but the Yankees called him up and said, "Hey, can we get Josh ba- or Harrison Bader?" And 
And I was like, yeah, sure. And, you know, it just was like something just fell into their laps. And this is, you know, this is amazing. You know, something like that usually is one of those little small deals that you never hear about again for this to be such a key deal. And, and it, and it initiated from the other side. It's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, and it's one of those to where I, I, I I feel like you may, you may feel the same way, but Mm -hmm. when Montgomery's scheduled, you feel like you have a chance to win. I mean, I know that sounds stupid because you feel that way about uh, everybody else, but you expect four to five innings right now of of scoreless to one to two run ball Mm -hmm. to keep you in a game. And I mean, and that's a pivotal pitcher in the national league. Yeah. And that's, I was like that, that has completely changed the narrative for the Cardinals, I think bringing him in. And that's, and I don't, I don't know. It's, it just, it's the, the fit is so strange. I understand why uh, the Yankees made the move and the Yankees, I think have more problems than they'll, they'll admit you know, they're also the ones yeah. that can buy themselves out of it. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those to where, I mean, just on quick pitch this morning, there was praise for the Cardinals and, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Boone is on the, uh, on the broadcast on talking about how that last night could have been a rock bottom deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, it's <laughs> tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. But, uh, you know, we're glad to have it. And you're right. 100%. Yeah. Um, Montgomery's out there. You feel good. I mean, if Wainwright's going, you feel pretty good. You're right. I mean, normally you feel good about Michaelis. Michaelis has struggled just a little bit lately. And I don't know if he's hitting a wall. If I mean, that's got, yeah. you know, just a little bit of fatigue. Um, because it does seem like, you know, he gave up the 10 runs in Colorado. And he bounced back from that, had a couple of, of strong starts. And then um, but the last two outings, I'm trying to pull his game logs up here real quick to double check it. You know, he gave up five runs. Only three were earned against the Cubs. Um, and then four runs and didn't finish the fifth against the Reds. It's really interesting that, you know, I mean, Cardinals one, two, or three of the Reds, but two of their starting pitchers didn't go through the fifth inning. And, and this was one of them. And that was a game that, you know, what he was had a, like an eight to nothing lead. Uh, and couldn't get out of the fifth. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily see anything different. I don't, there's not been any reports of being hurt or anything like that, but August was not kind to Michaelis, even as it was kind to everybody else. Yeah. Well, that's, I hadn't, I hadn't looked that deeply into it. You know, it's one of those to where I always just expect the best when he's throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it, it could be an innings limit a little bit just because of how rough he's had the past couple of years. Um, you know, time will tell on that. You know, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, that's of, – of all the uh, of all the issues you hear on, on the broadcast and uh, you can read on in the, uh, in the reports, that's one that, that, that hasn't been brought up significantly so obviously they're not that concerned about it um you know any any issue in the rotation seems to be singled out on one guy <laughs> you know what i mean so in yeah. hudson so uh, yeah yeah we'll just we'll just we'll see that time will tell you know i'm still fairly confident when he takes the ball just because yeah. you know that's it, it i i would assume that trouble could brew pretty easily on michaelis if he's not getting the ball on the ground you know and, and mm-hmm. i think that it may be i would guess that the charts may say that he's not doing his effect, doing that as effectively, but you know, that that's one of that, that could, that you could flip the script on that pretty easy. Definitely last game, last game he gave up, had five ground balls, 10 fly balls. Um, the one against the Cubs, he got 15 ground balls uh, to eight fly balls. Uh, now granted in the game against the Cubs, he was inning away an out away from finishing the seventh um, and did have a couple of button runs behind him. So, you know, there's a little bit of, problem there um the rest of the year month i mean yeah the last three, three starts before that pretty balanced you know pretty much the same so yeah you're right uh i think you're you don't want to see him giving a lot of fly balls um although it depends on i depends on where you're at uh that's an interesting point i'd have to go back looking because just kind of looking at his numbers just kind of glancing real quick you know he's got about as many games as he has more fly balls as he does ground balls. Yeah. But you're right. I would think that, you know, that's the Cardinals MO, right? To keep the ball to yeah. ground. When, when he's at his best, he just, he, he kills the worms in the infield. I mean, mm-hmm. he hits a, they, I mean, he just, yeah, yeah. They, it's, it's crazy. The ground ball percentages he gets, you know, when he's really, really good. Yeah. He gets to go Sunday against uh, Marcus Stroman, who the Cardinals 
kind of beat up on last time and then <laughs> the time before that didn't. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, he's at home. That should be a good thing uh, as well because he hasn't pitched at home. He hasn't pitched at home since the Milwaukee series and he pitched, pitched well there. Um, he only pitched and he has been quite good at home. I'd have to look at the splits, but looks like, he, you know, I'm sure Bush stadium is a, is a great place for him. Cause if he is going to give him a fly ball, I don't think, I don't know that. I mean, you, you can tell me better cause I haven't really looked at it, but I don't feel like necessarily he gives up hard hit fly balls, you know, yeah. I mean, Bush stadium of a hard, if you don't hit it very hard, it's going to, it's going to be caught. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, and it, you know what, that your guess would be as good as mine on that one, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's amazing to me how much of a pitcher's ballpark Bush has turned into, by the way. I mean, I know we can segue real easy on this, but uh, you know, their offense right now makes it look small and you can tell the heat of the summer changes a little bit of the trajectory on how the ball flies, but man, it's, it, it has really suppressed power. Yeah. Yeah. Looking just, and again, Michaelis's stats are going to be skewed by that really bad game out in Colorado where he gave up 10 runs in less than three innings. But home ERA, 245, road ERA, 441. Um, so, again, factor that out. The 441 probably is, it shouldn't be as high as it is. But it, he's, he's obviously more comfortable in Bush because of, the, of everything he's... Uh, again, you know... If you have to start him on the road in the playoffs, I don't think you worry too much about it. But, you know, when you get to pick, if you pick it, you want him pitching at home. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. The, uh, um, yeah, it's, for all these guys too. But. Yeah. You no, know, that's No, I completely agree. And I wasn't even going to go that direction. I just, it's so funny how, uh, how quickly things changed where, where in the past couple of years we were like, okay, well, you have the best chance to win there. But I mean, you're circled now to have a home. Th- three game series and that place is going to be bananas that yeah. I, I, I mean, it's going to be awesome. You add in, you know, the, the, the first time playoff weekend that they'll host and the Albert situation. I mean, it's, it's a tough ticket right now and it could be a lot of fun. And, you know, I mean, you decidedly have an advantage there, you know, that's it. it yeah. And I think that's exactly what you're playing for now. Yeah. So that's, you refresh me that first series, three games mm-hmm. with, Cardinals would have all three games, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Um, Which it should be. And that's, and that, that's the thing. That's where I think this will be good for baseball. And I know this is going down an angle that we just don't want to go. That's why the, the playoff expansion doesn't bother me. And I wish they would go a little bit further to where we would have more of these three game weekend series. Cause I just think it's good for the game. Maybe, I guess we'll find out and see, um, you know, I'm still not one that's, wanting to have the, I, I mean, I'd go back to, you know, I'd go back to full seven game series for, you know, the four teams like we did back yeah. when we were growing up, because that's what I was used to. And I think that, you know, the longer a series, the better if you're trying to get the best team, but you know, it's definitely three games intro is definitely better than a wild card coin flip game that, you know, you can lose because Alex Reyes gives up a home run, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you, you'd much rather that, and especially, I think they've taken it out though. The playoffs are not going to have zombie runners, I think this year. Um, but you know, if you lost the playoff, a one game playoff by, because you had a zombie runner at second base, that would, I don't think I would, <laughs> would cool down all summer long or all winter long until the, until spring training. Uh, cause that would be so frustrating. So, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, it could be interesting. I, I think it's, um, I, you're right. It'll be packed, especially at Bush stadium. Um, and I, you know, there's going to be some interesting, I don't know. There'll be interesting roster decisions, um, maybe a little bit, but you know, it's not like it used to be as we've talked about before with the, the expanded rosters, which we'll get to what the Cardinals have done and what the Cardinals are going to do with expanded rosters in a little bit. Um, but you know, you still trying to decide how that's going to play, how things are going to play, you know, how you're going to use Albert Pujols in the playoffs, you know? That kind of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of things that are going to be interesting to see um, come October, and you know, knock on all sort of woods, we'll get we'll get to see them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, it, it's exciting to think about. I mean, it's it's one of those where it was it was it was hot, rain, hot in Tulsa this week, but mm-hmm. this morning, last night at the football game, and then this morning had the fall chill in the air. So mm-hmm. I know this is going to sound kind of silly, but that makes me think playoff baseball too. You know, so last night, 
finishing the game up. I was on game day until the seventh, and then I got home to watch the seventh, eighth, and ninth. And you know, it was one of those. It was just like uh, now it's starting to feel like fall, and this is going to be awesome. And it brings back a lot of memories of of Wayno closing out big games at home, and you know, just uh, just an exciting time. And I feel like they're cruising at this point, which makes it feel even better. Yeah, just you're right. That it gets to be this time of year. Of course, you know, after the summers that we've had, you, you look for fall at any time you can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at my forecast. It looks like we're done with the 90s, maybe. I mean, and you start getting up, you get those those cool breezes and the bright blue days, and you start thinking, yeah, you start thinking about playoff baseball. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, so the Cardinals did expand the rosters. It's interesting. Um, as I, I didn't know this, but not only can teams expand to 28, they're required to, to, to expand to 28. You know, you remember back when it was 40, nobody ever brought 40 people up yeah. and the Cardinals often would bring only like an extra five or six or seven players up, you know, because you know trying to figure out how you're going to use them. Why pay for a player that you're not using, blah, blah. Um, so you have to expand. The Cardinals did. They brought up, they brought back up James Nail. And they brought up because you have to bring up one pitcher and basically one pitcher and one hitter. You still have to stay valid. So they brought up James Nail and they brought up uh, Ben DeLucio, a guy that I didn't know. It's not a name I had heard. I'm sure Kyle had talked about him and I'm somewhat missed him. But it sounds like it's it's not a huge prospect and it's a guy that is probably not going to be here. You know, he gets a chance. He gets he gets to be a major leaguer, but when they need a 40 man spot here in a little bit, he's a guy that they could possibly let go. Um, but he made his major league debut last night. He drew a walk, um, got made the catch to end the game. And it's always fun. That's this, you know, fun about any time of year, but especially this time of year, it's supposed to be used to be when you expand the roster bigger to see those major league debuts is always fun. Yeah. That, that last night was what it was all about. Kind of like we talked about last week about how, you know, Bochi had made that comment about my son never would have got a chance if it wasn't for the expanded rosters type situation. Mm-hmm. Last night, it, you could tell the joy on his face, uh, making the last catch. It was awesome. You could tell right away what it meant to him. Uh, what I do know about Deluzio is I love the way he wears his uniform. <laughs> so that uh, I was pretty fired up about that. But no, I mean, that last night was what it was all about. And, uh, and you're right. It may be short lived, but he has a chance. And that's, that's something he's going to always, always say, whether he goes and maybe leaves the organization, becomes a star, maybe becomes a star as a Cardinal. If not, he always has this. And, and that's what I think was meant. That's what I think when it, with the benefit of the September call-ups was in the first place. So, so it yeah. was awesome to see. And, uh, and, and, we we fully expect some other people to be called up before before too long, but you know, last night was what it was, and it was awesome. Well, and I'm glad that it became glad the Cardinals scored enough late that he could get in because we have seen this year, and it seems mostly mostly with Evald Herrera, but there have been times when when I think Juan Yepes maybe even got this the first time around he came up too. You know, guys get called up, they sit on the bench for a couple of days, and then they go back down. You know, because they're just there as insurance and they don't ever get a chance to actually get in. I was really surprised in Arizona that Herrera didn't catch one of those games, right? I mean, he's there. They caught Kisner both games, which, okay, I've still not. It's still weird to see what the Cardinals are doing with Herrera. You know, I I don't. Yeah, I no, Yeah, you, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, go ahead. No, I mean, I think that's them, him and to some degree Woodford too. I know a lot of people have talked about Woodford and, and the usage or lack of of Jake Woodford is is interesting as well. Um, I, I don't know what the Cardinals are doing there, but, um, you know, at least with him, with Delucio here, he got a chance to come up because it could have easily been that. And I think what's Juan Yepes could come back the eighth, I think it is after he's been optioned. And that's a little bit strange too, about why they did what they did and how they did it. I don't know, you know, cause they brought up yeah. Yepes for one game because Nolan is a monster freak. <laughs> it's not going to miss more than one game, even for the first of his child. Yeah. Um, 
And so he did get to play, but I, I'm surprised that they didn't bring up like a Deluzio then, but maybe it has something to do with 40 minutes spots. I don't know. But anyway, brought up UFS, he went back down. And so being since the minor league season's run so long, you can't bring him back up until 10 days. So I think it's Gates. And, and so Deluzio's probably here till then. Um, and then when UFS has to come up. But, I mean, he could have played in a lot of close games. And never really gotten a chance. Maybe he would have gotten a chance as a defensive replacement or something of that nature. But because obviously, like, you know, they moved Tyler O'Neill out of center field for him last night, which was, you know, a little bit interesting, even if it was for just one inning. Um, but so he got a chance to get in there. And I'm, I'm glad of that. I hope that he gets maybe another chance of, uh, or two this week and can pick up that first major league hit um, because I know that that would be big. Because it's, I mean, this is the kind of guy that can be one of those that, yeah, he, he makes his debut, but then he gets waved off the 40 man and, and maybe he goes back to Memphis and maybe he goes somewhere else, but maybe this is it, right? I mean, yeah. this, this is the time he gets a chance to be in the major leagues because of roster issues or, you know, positions or whatever. Um, so, you know, you got to take advantage of it while you can and hopefully he can. Yeah. Yeah. that And it's, you're exactly right. I mean, it's uh, it, it it's you you nailed it. I mean, it's one of those that uh, this could be the only chance. Do it. You'd be on a big stage. You get to play with Pujols. Get to play with Molina and Wainwright. You know, that's uh, doesn't get much better than that. And uh, yeah, back to the Herrera deal. That has has I didn't. It all sometimes it feels like we're probably not seeing the, the the answer may be right in our face and we may be digging a little bit too much for it. But, <laughs> but I do wonder about that with Herrera. I was like, he comes up an awful lot to not play. We probably could have said the same thing about Kisner at one point, you know, maybe we did. Right. I don't, I don't know, but, but it's just, it's, it's odd that, that uh, nothing has ever been said that, that he was the future of the cat future catcher, but he was the top five prospect at one point, And it's, you just it, there's not a lot of confidence in him right now, and and you know maybe that maybe there's an easy explanation for it. I just don't I don't know, but but it, it, his usage has been weird in the call ups. Yeah, and I think if you if you pair that with Woodford, it really makes it seem like they don't want to you know even if they need you for insurance, they don't want to either reinforce bad habits or think that make you think that you've got it figured out when you still are working on whatever they're working, want you to be working on. Um, I mean, that's kind of like the most generous explanation you can give. Yeah. I mean, you know what they talked about Herrera needing to call games better or something like that, which, but still, I mean, why don't, you know, why don't you bring him into a game in Arizona where, you know, you feel pretty good about your chances and see what he's got. I mean, you know, he's going back the next day. So it's not like, you know, you're saying, Oh, we got to keep him up here. You know, no, he's going back. Yadier Molina's coming here. You know, whatever. I, I, it seems strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that's that's a good Woodford comparison too. I mean, that's it, it's it's weird too. I mean, just to flip the script on that, how many times have we ha- have you seen Woodford bail them out of big situations by eating a lot of innings out of the a, a as a starter or B out of the, the bullpen like he did in Cincinnati? It seems like he's done that a lot, and you just yeah. kind of wonder. I mean, what role can he actually fit? Because I thought he was, you know, just miscasting the bullpen. It's like, hey, if you're going to pitch him, use him in the rotation. Let's just kind of figure some stuff out. But then he comes up and does some things that's effective. I mean, honestly, like Pallante. Yeah, Pallante's been great. And yeah. you wonder if, if, if Woodford, Woodford could be that kind of guy. But then you run into that situation of you very rarely need that kind of guy, and you definitely don't need two of them. You know, so it's it's a weird situation. The usage on, on Woodford for the past few years and Herrera's kind of fallen into that same that kind of that same stratosphere, so to speak. I've always thought, even when Woodford's in the big leagues, except maybe this not not necessarily counting this year, but he never really struck me as a guy that was going to do. I mean, he had the yeah. same command problems that that Hudson has. He didn't just have anything overwhelming. He just felt like a filler piece. Yeah. Um, and, and I think maybe he's made some adjustments. I'm not, I'm still not, I'm still not sure that I would be clamoring for him to go to the rotation. Sure. But yeah, he definitely pitched, he's definitely pitched him out of some big spots. And I think there were times this year before the trade deadline that it made sense for him to come up and at least give them innings. And they still didn't do that. 
Um, and it's especially when he had been effective at the big league level. And I, I get they sent him down because they didn't think it was sustainable. And okay, that's a that's proactive. Yeah, but it's also you don't have anybody else, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 uh, you know, this guy is, you know, maybe it's not, but maybe it is for a little bit longer. You know, maybe you try that. I, I don't know. It's it's, but you're right. You know, uh, with especially with this starting rotation, especially as it is now. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole need for a lot of, you know, a guy that can give you three or four innings um, just at that occasional time. Um, and he has, you know, he's done that over the last little bit. And I wonder, I mean, what do you think if, if Jack Flaherty wasn't coming back this week, do you think that he would replace Dakota Hudson in the rotation after last time out? what the club has said about both of them. Yeah, I don't know that. I I still feel like as much as we we think that Marmol has uh, has done some things well, and I've been impressed with how blunt he is about a lot of those things, mm-hmm. that still seems like maybe the path of least resistant move just to start Hudson and then figure it out with Woodford later. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to. They they, they 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 don't want to turn over the apple cart, basically type situation. But you know, the thing is, you and I, I just about text you when he had the bad start the other day and say, hey, then maybe this is you know the the one off wasn't enough this time, and they may make a decision. But I I don't know. I just don't see it. Um, I that <laughs> I I don't know what's going to happen in the off season. Anyway, I don't feel like Hudson will be a big part of that, but. As far as in the in the near term, I'm not really sure that they would make that move right away. But I mean, I feel like that's coming at some point, though. Not to not to speak out of both sides of my mouth, really. But yeah, I mean my my personal opinion because I think the Cardinals have a lot of things that they could deal. I kind of I really don't think Dakota Hudson's part of this team next year. Sure, I mean, and we and that we still have Levator that they have to fit in somewhere. You right. know what I mean? And that, that could be an easy move. So I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I tend to agree with you though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know my personal feeling and we talked yeah. about it, I think last time, or maybe Terry and I didn't, that, that Wainwright's going to retire at the end of this year, but you know, and if he does, there is a spot, but like you said, there's Levator, um, you know, got a whole thing of, of holier flarity. You've got Matt's coming back. I mean, you've already got like five or six starters that, you've got to at least plan for, and you know, I get, you never have too much pitching death, blah, 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 blah. But you know, you've also got the situation we're talking about where you got all these starters that you can't put them in the bullpen because you know, you don't pitch three or four innings all the time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously it's a, mo- a moot point. Now Flaherty comes back. He pitches. What is it? Is it Monday? The Flaherty's pitching? Um, Let me check. I'm yeah. I know it's early in the week. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's supposed to be Monday. And at least for right now, he's taking Hudson's spot. I know they're talking about maybe using Hudson in the the uh, doubleheader. Um, they're talking about, you know, figuring something out. But for right now, he's bumped out, which is going to be interesting to see how he does out of the bullpen, right? I mean, he had a pretty good bullpen stuff last year at the end of the year when he came back. But I don't know how that works now. Um, we'll see if he's effective out of the bullpen over the next couple of weeks. Maybe that's a different look for him for next year. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, maybe it breaks <laughs> up trace talk. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like that. I mean, that I don't know of a player that they've been this blunt about. Mar, you know yeah. what I mean? The way that Marmol has handled this. Well, and I mean, and part of that is Marmol, right? I mean, even if, behind closed doors, Schilt or even Matheny, which probably not Matheny, but you know, Schilt may have been blunt with the players, but he wasn't necessarily with the media and Marmol is, you're right. And I like that. I mean, because I don't think, I don't think he's telling the media anything. He hasn't already told the players. Uh, right. I mean, yeah. he's not. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's not, I don't feel like he just goes out to, you know, throw somebody under a bus or anything. He doesn't say that's why we lost the game. I mean, he's just, like he said against with Hudson against Cincinnati, it was like they were better than his pitches. That's not necessarily, you know, some sort of major slam on Hudson. I don't think, I mean, yeah, obviously he could be better, 
but I think he was like saying, look, you know, he made some, and he talked about it. He made some good stuff. He didn't, you know, sometimes he didn't. Um, I think that he's pretty good about not just laying the blame at a, of a game on a player or anything like that. He's just honest with it. And I, and I, you know, I think it's going to depend on the player, well, how well they take that. Right. But um, I think for the most part, those guys probably are like, yeah, I'm, that's, I need to be better at that. Sure. Oh yeah. 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 It's uh, I, I completely agree. And that's uh, it, it's refreshing on both sides. And I mean, that's it. I mean, this is big league baseball. You're going to have to be able to take those kind of things. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's one of those where I think there's a little bit of frustration because it hadn't flipped. I would like to hear what they say in the off season about expectations and whatnot too. But, but yeah, I mean, he, he, he seems to be the odd man out and he seems to be wearing it a little bit. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Now we're talking about, you know, the bullpen and stuff like that. We saw a move. I think it, it was after we recorded last time um, that Henderson Cabrera went to the minor league. Yeah, and we well, knew that he had struggled, but that was really surprised to me. No, I agree because we didn't even talk about how, how that was going to play out. And that wasn't really one of the options. We kind of thought that he's going to, he's going to have to work it out in, uh, you know, in the big league bullpen. But yeah, that was the very next morning. And I was like, well, that's or is that afternoon. But yeah, I was surprised. I was like, okay, he took it. And they said that he took it well. So if he goes down and finds something, man, that would be huge. If he can come back and be the Cabrera that we used to because he's just so effective. And and we spoke for 15 minutes about how uh, much of a mystery it was that he wasn't at this point. And it was just a tough second half. So, so it's always refreshing when these things can happen. And then you have the optimism of him coming back if he's, if he's highly effective in Memphis. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it hasn't started off well for him. Right. Uh, two, no. two outings, three innings, three earned runs, uh, a home run, two walks, three strikeouts, um, which I'd have to look at the game log. I feel like like it may have been that one of those games was bad and one of them was you know fine, you know that kind of thing. But that's kind of what we saw out of Cabrera at the major league level, right? I mean, there were games where he was just, you know, he'd come in and get five outs in a row, and you're like, wow, this, you know. And then there were games where he couldn't get anybody out. Um, yeah. Trying to find that consistency. Hopefully he's got enough time for that. And then, you know, boy, what do you do there? I mean, because this, this roster is getting a little full, right? And there's guys like Flaherty coming back. And, you know, if Matt's, you know, Matt's keeps talking about how he's ready to come back. And he's pitched <laughs> well in, in Memphis yeah. uh, here. Um, you know, where do you start putting all these bodies into this 28 man and then cutting it down to 26 for the uh, for the postseason yeah no that's we we even had that conversation last week i mean <laughs> the scary part is these things usually work themselves out and uh uh that worries me on how it's going to work with all these guys coming <laughs> back you know what i mean i i'm just like oh man what's going to happen so i don't know and it, it's a good problem to have but it's still a problem yeah yeah and there were some guys that you know, they may go down because they have options, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I'll tell you, though, a guy that's come up and been a lot more impressive than I was ever expecting, Jojo Romero. You know, came over with the in the uh, Mundo Sosa deal, and I just thought, okay, it's kind of a trading of, yeah. of uh, you know, excess parts or whatever like that. I never expected not only – I don't think I ever expected Romero to come up this year, much less to be a guy that – you know, was one of the reasons they were able to send Cabrera down. I think because they he was they were lefty guy that so far they really seem to trust and believe in. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's another one of those that you kind of uh, you have to give a pat to the uh, a pat on the back to the scouting department to see this. You know, that's uh, they they circled a change of scenery guy. He's come in and been effective, and we had talked about that last week about how is he going to work his way into the bullpen, and 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 he has quickly, and he's been and he's a trusted arm. And, you know, it, it's – I don't know how much better it could have gotten at the, uh, you know, at the deadline other than maybe trading for a big, big, big shortstop, but that doesn't happen that often, you know, right. one of those. So, so yeah, I mean, all things are pointing up, and that's that, and that's very, very nice to see. Yeah, now I, I, I wonder – I mean, he's thrown five innings, six strikeouts, and this is all great, and I like it. Um but I also remember earlier in the year when Packy Naughton was the man that they, you know, that could get every out. And now Packy's back in the minor leagues because he struggled. Uh, you, you wonder what the shelf life is that. Now, the good thing with Romero is 
there's not a whole lot of time left. Yeah. So, you know, he can be effective the rest of the year, maybe without running into that reliever shelf life type of thing. Um, but, you know, how many, how, I, I guess I want to wait and see how many eggs we should put in that basket. Yeah, well, I agree. And it just like, it goes to the, the topic of bullpen that we've gone over for six years. Sure. You just, you just never know day to day, unfortunately. No, no, you don't. And uh, so, but you don't know about anything day to day to some degree. Um, Flaherty's coming back. I I saw tweets where he was hitting a hundred on the gun down in Springfield. Um, and I don't know how accurate the gun is down there or whatever, but I think to me that just indicated Flaherty's coming back with a a different attitude than we've seen out of him in a while. Um, like he, he's coming back almost mad, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Sure. Um, and I, I'm a little bit fired up to see, because the Flaherty we've seen over the last year or so when we've seen him has been good, but not dominant. And I think if he comes back with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, he could easily be that, that dominant force. That, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be like what we saw in 2019, but something that resembles that. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, that's, it's so funny because, uh, I'd kind of written him off. You know what I mean? I even had a comment on here about, hey, well, there's just not enough time to where. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, now, I mean, it, it, you know, no telling where this could go at this point. And then you talk about just, man, having a playoff rotation. If you get if you get Flaherty back to, to what mm-hmm. we expect Jack to beat, man, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when you put, you know, for the fact that this team, isn't the best team in the league, but you look at, yeah, if, if you've got a Flaherty, you've got a ridiculously strong playoff rotation. You've got a bullpen that's consistent. You've got a closer that's almost automatic. You've got the MVP and an MVP runner up. You've got, you know, offense up and down the line, especially if it Tyler O'Neill is, is he starting to heat up? You've got a guy that can even protect them you look at all those pieces and that is a team that can contend for the world series. Now, again, most of the teams that get into the playoffs can't or have those pieces or, or more so, but this isn't, this isn't just the, you know, this isn't the 2006 Cardinals that are just going to inch in there and then get on a hot streak or something like that. This is a team that is a solid contender for the world series. Yeah. Yes. That's uh I feel the same way. I um, you you have the pieces, and we wonder about su- having superstars. What this team would become, and it has. You have uh, O'Neill who's starting to hit. You have you have what may be your starting right fielder next year. Newt Bar is having yeah. the same second half that he essentially had last year. You kind of wonder if this isn't just you know a flash in the pan type situation now, and their infields are really really good. Um, all those things, and well, Hicks getting out of a big jam last night. I mean, like, that that worried me. Whenever they mm-hmm. pulled Montgomery, and I was thinking, oh, here we go. I mean, let's see how he works. And I mean, the three right. strikeouts—that's huge. They're they're going to be a tough out if they're playing like this. I mean, that's just that's where we are. Let's just it, you. It, I I don't want to peak too early, but I feel like they're really good, and I have felt that way all year. Yeah, you know, watching that last night with Hicks, I, I like you. I'm like. Let's see. I, I figure you can get out of it, but you you know, you're gonna give up a run or something. For him to strike out all three guys was even more telling to me because strikeouts has been an issue for oh, yeah. for a guy that can throw 105, you know. Um but it feels like if he's found something that and it, you know, the ball was moving like crazy last night. But you know, he had three strikeouts last night. Uh one he had three strikeouts two outings ago when he went two innings against the Braves. He had three strikeouts in an inning against Arizona. He had three strikeouts in an inning and a third against the Yankees. He's starting to get that. I mean, since since the beginning of August, just just to say, um, he's got 22 strikeouts in 14 innings. I mean, that's the kind of relief ace that you wanted to see, right, out of Jordan Hicks. when, And that's the kind of guy that – you know, now granted, he gave up eight runs in that span, but you know, if you can 
limit him to an inning at most of the time. I feel like he's coming into, you know, he's feeling healthy and he's finally coming into a little bit of, of not just throwing um, because when he was throwing 105, he was rear back throwing, but eventually they would time it, you know, maybe soft contact or whatever. He wasn't getting robbed, but he didn't have the strikeout rates that I thought he should have. And I'm no expert, but it just felt like he should have. This is closer to what it you would expect him to have with the arsenal that he has. I thought about that last night too. I was thinking this is probably what they expected all along, especially mm-hmm. in a, in, in a, uh, it, well, I mean that, that, that sounds stupid just because the expectations would be so high, but to have that dominant guy that can come in at any point in the game and just in and, and, uh, and roll you out of a big inning. Um, that was about his best is best. I mean, that's probably the best he's looked all year. I mean, and it was, uh, and that, that's one of the things where we talked last week where the bullpen has been more troublesome this year than it has been in the past. That, that kind of changes my line of thinking a little bit. And, um, mm-hmm. because he's been effective his last four or five outings and that is, uh, that's going to be exciting. And the, the thing is, Gallegos has been as well. Um, you, if you bridge the gap to Helsley and Romero fits into that, um, you know, with the Pallante link, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be tough. I mean, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. I mean, that's just, that's the, the, the area, right. That I feel like bullpen is the one that is the deciding factor in a lot of the situations where these series are, uh, you know, down the line about as even as can be. And I feel like the Cardinals have an advantage on most people with it, with the bullpen that they have now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So talk about Helsley. I was interested. I well, did look. His ERA is up to a little over one now. Uh, what was your thoughts? I mean, Marmol made a very interesting decision on Sunday night, right, to to bring Helsley into the seventh yeah. inning. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it didn't work. I mean, he gave up a home run, um, which was the fourth home run. Fourth home run Helsley's given up third this month. I mean, you start to wonder if maybe Helsley's starting to – lose a little bit of steam which is a different situation but what did you think of that move to bring uh, i mean it was interesting yeah no it completely was i was surprised i was like wow they're really pulling the trigger because i feel like helsley's the guy that they go to and i i, I feel like he's the he's the uh the safety valve a little bit you know what i mean that that's who they yeah. go to in any kind of situation yeah. which which that's what uh, yeah I mean, for years we've heard about that's the way the bullpen's going to go that the save doesn't always have to be in the ninth inning um, yeah, I think there was probably more to it too. There's probably a, hey, you know, you know, let's, uh, let's get through this. Let's relieve a little bit of pressure from you and, and, and let's see what this, let's see if we can make this work, get us out of it and, and we'll finish the game for you type situation. But no, I was surprised. Uh, it's, it's one of those, when he comes in, I almost expect him to finish the game too. And I was like, well, go yeah. how long are you going to go? <laughs> you know, type deal. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I, at any point in the season, you can look and say, "Hey, fatigue may be a factor, especially as much as they use him." And you know, he yeah. he was out for a week as well, right. you know, which could have been a part. So you know, I I don't really see any warning signs just yet. But but yeah, I did think it was a little bit funny that they pulled the trigger that quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, looking at it, the only I mean, in August he had a two forty five ERA, which is still nice, although obviously not to where he's been at. His FIP was four seventy six. Um, but yeah, I don't, with the time off with, I mean, some of that was before that, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not concerned uh, at yeah, all. I agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's something to watch in September. And I think, you know, the Cardinals have been pretty good about spacing him out. And I feel like they did use him a little bit more, you know, they used him back to back, um, once, uh, twice that month, um, which is a little bit different than what they've been using him. So, you know, I think that the good thing is with a seven and a half game lead, there are nights where you can, you don't have to use Ryan Helsley to just lock down a win, right? Yeah. You know, if you're up to, you can go to Guy Ghost or you could go to Hicks or you could go to whoever you want to and see if they can do that as well um, and not worry as much about the consequences. Um, so hopefully, you know, a little bit of extra rest in September will, will be a, a good thing. Cause you're gonna, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, you're using him as, as much as you can. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's some, and there are not as many off days as there were in the playoff season. So, um, you know, you want him as rested as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So that you're right. I mean, that's going to be, he, he will be the make or break. And, uh, you know, that's, that's exciting for me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I know how, how, how fun that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, if he's a World Series MVP, then I can't. Yeah, Oklahoma might just uh, spontaneously combust. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you talked about Newt Bar. You know, again, I don't know what all you could say about Lars Newt Bar, except that he has been. He's been that. Not only has he been, you know, brought an energy to this team that, but he's brought offense to this team. I mean, you can be the lovable goofball, but if you're not putting up on the on the field, that only goes so far. And you know, he hit the game, hit that good big insurance run against Cincinnati. Then that long game, what was that uh, Wednesday? You know, hit a home run again last night, um, and it seems to have become the leadoff answer that uh, this team has looked for because they haven't really, they've kind of struggled at finding who can be that leadoff guy regularly. Um, and they've been putting him there and it, it seems to work. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was kind of a flash and pan to try it, but boy, he's, he's been good. And I mean, he's led the charge and man, he's really hit. So that's, it's, you know, sometimes that leadoff spot, even being the goofball, you bring a little bit of energy to it, you know, yeah. and, uh, and he seemed to have performed well. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's uh, since August, the beginning of August, he's, you know, five doubles, three triples, six homers, uh, 283 average, um, and, you know, even three steals. Uh, it's just kind of something of everything plays good defense out there. Um, I think, you know, again, and we talked about that trade, but if it wasn't for the emergence of, of Newt Bar, maybe they're a little bit more hesitant to trade um, Harrison Bader. But I think they feel like, you know, at least energy-wise, Newt Bar's going to keep up with them. Um, and they needed a spot for him to play at least somewhat regularly. And, you know, at the trade deadline, he was hitting 209, and now yeah. he's up to, you know, 244. And that's in part because he's getting more regular playing time. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. And it's uh, – um, it's just, it, it, how well – I don't know if you have anything pulled up, but how well did he perform last year about the same time? It was about it, – wasn't it, it was similar to this, uh, right? Uh, let me let me see. Um, his whole year last year, two thirty nine with five homers. I don't remember when he came up. Let me uh, let's look at his let's look at his splits for last year, and let's find out. Um, let's see. Second half, he hit two sixty five with five homers and twelve RBIs. August, yeah, last year August three eighteen uh, with three of his home runs, seven RBI in. Uh, Four, almost 50 plate appearances. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. About the, about the same time, you know, I had a really strong August last year, just like you did this year. Yeah, and it, I, I thought he did. I thought he had a little bit of energy to the ball club last year. Um, yeah, it's you, – you you feel like he's played himself into the to the playing time as a starter equation last year or next year. Um, and, and it's, you know, you write it out as long as you can, and you may have an everyday ball player. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's we've, – we've seen a lot of guys that come up and are hot and are great and the next best thing and then fall off. So you never know. Yeah. But you're right. I think you, I think right now the default is to start him. And maybe you have some backup. You've got – you know, you've got Alec Burleson that probably starts next year in Memphis again. But, you know, as obviously pretty ready for the major leagues, at least at least all from all appearances. Yeah. Um, and you've so you've got that as a fallback in case you know the league figures out new bar or something like that. But yeah, I think he's I think he's your starting outfielder next year, um, and so um, and probably probably starts at leadoff at least until you know things go on. Now the way that leadoff spot is, that may be more of a curse than a blessing. But uh, yeah. you know if he can if he can hold it, that's that's great. Um, wrap it up as we're getting close to our our hour limit though i do want to point out the cardinal as, as quinn stl cards pointed out again earlier i guess last night cardinals have beaten their pakoda prediction again for like the 14th year in a row um it's very interesting to see this projection because it had the brewers at 97 wins the breads at 81 wins and then the cardinals at 77 wins i don't know what they do with pakoda but they got to fix something because I mean, they, it completely misses the Cardinals every year. That always thinks that they're going to be like the sub 500 team 
and then the Cardinals go out and win. And maybe that's fine. Maybe they just leave it alone because if they changed it, maybe things would be bad. Yeah. But it's it, it's kind of crazy to see that you know the Cardinals with a month left in the season have as many wins as they thought this this thing thought they were going to get all year. Yeah, it's, it makes me wonder if uh, yeah they know that they're going to get a lot of a lot of clicks out of Cardinals fans if they keep doing this. It's <laughs> possible too. You know, I, it's like this is terrible every year, and we always kind of wonder like, oh man, and the overreaction still when it comes out is funny. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, chill out. You know what I mean? It's uh, they, they're wrong every year. So the uh, yeah, it, it's it's nuts. Those pro- the project projection base are, are well fun to look at. I mean, it's still I, I think I think we make a little bit too big of a deal out of it. Yeah, probably so. I, I mean, especially when it comes out in yeah, they come out in February and there's not much else to talk about. One hundred percent. Yeah, you know that's just kind of like you know preseason predictions and it'd be all well i've always thought the hall of fame voting gets way more oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. it comes out in december and january when there is absolutely nothing else going on yep um so some of that as well uh but you know again it's just a little bit it wouldn't be surprising if they missed every year because their prediction system whatever you're putting in i mean the season's not going to turn out the way it you know you think it is in february it's just that it's consistently low is, is kind of weird. And it's not consistently low on every other team. So there's something the Cardinals do, something the Cardinals do that isn't an input into that system. And I don't know what it is. I mean, it's some sort of intangible or whatever. I don't know, but um, you know, whether it's the depth that they have the ability to bring up a guy like Newt Barr or something that can play um, and give you more than just a replacement player or something of that nature. I don't know what it is, but something the Cardinals do doesn't translate well, and it's it's kind of fun to see. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and it's a good talking point. You know, this yeah. is it's it's fun, and I kind of like to see a lot of the reverb that comes when it does get posted. So, yeah, it is. It is interesting. All right, the Cardinals have two more with the Cubs. Uh, Wainwright and Molina make. I think that brings them within one of the records today uh, when they they start. So they'll have one more. If they're going five-man rotation, let's see. They should make the thirsty start uh, that will tie the record and then probably break the record against the Brewers in St. Louis. That'll be, that'll be exciting. Um if that's the case, because you want them, and it looks like no matter what, they'll they'll break the record in St. Louis. So that's assuming two more starts. Um, Cardinals finish up with the Cubs, and they got uh, four with the Nationals, uh, but then they go to Pittsburgh for three games. So, Alan, I mean, this before as we record, I mean, this looks like another week that the Cardinals should do pretty well. Yeah, make up some ground. I was looking at the schedule and and uh, to see. If you want to build a, I mean, I feel like you have that soft lead or that 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 lead that feels pretty comfortable right now. You want that before you head west. That way, you, I mean, if you go out and win two games, you know, it's not it's not a travesty late in the season. But yeah, it looks like you can build some ground right now. Keep your head above water. They're playing well. I'm comfortable about it. Just to where win the series and you're going to be fine. Uh, and, yeah. and and I'm confident that they they have the advantage in. Probably five of the six they have left, you know, mm. if that's not right. Well, yeah. one, two, three, four. Well, the eight you have left going in October, essentially. So, yeah, then, and, you know, six of those are against, or five of those are against Milwaukee. So, or four. Let me see. Yeah. I'm moving around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Well, you know where I'm going with this. I feel like they're in a pretty yeah. good spot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're favored in every game except. I mean, the only games you really worry about, I mean, you're going to lose to a Cubs or a Pittsburgh or whatever. I mean, yeah. you all those games, but you worry about the Milwaukee games a little bit, but there's four of those. You yeah. figure you split those. You're all right. Um, and then the Padres and Dodgers that's six games out West. Yeah. I think that's the, you know, if they have a five or six game lead even, and that's probably, you know, when you're sitting at seven and a half right now, that feels like small, but I mean, even if you have a five game lead going out to LA out to the West coast, you feel pretty good. I mean, yeah, agreed. you like it a little bit more because if you do have a rough West coast trip, then you got to finish that up. You got days off a day off, but then you go to Milwaukee mm-hmm. and you don't want those two games in Milwaukee to really mean a lot. Yeah. You'd much rather be clinched by that point in time. And that's a possibility that they could, 
they won't clinch at home because yeah. I don't think they'll be done by the 18th. I mean, I guess they could clinch at home if they clinch in that final weekend, but I think they'll be done by that. I, I kind of look at that trip out West. I mean, depending on what the brewers are doing, I mean, that's probably where you look at a, a clincher, which is a little disappointing if they do win, if it does happen that way, just because those are so late games. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. It stinks. I hate the West Coast trips. No, I mean, it, I mean, I guess it's possible. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Now, yeah, fourteen games left. I just don't think it's possible for them to clinch before they go on that trip. Yeah, unless unless they just rattle off a win and Milwaukee completely collapses. I mean. They're seven and a half now. They'd almost have to double that lead, basically, before between now and then. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah, agree. And who knows? I mean, it might be that last weekend. I mean, that's still if you clinched on that Friday night. That's five days before you got five games left. So that's possible. <laughs> Maybe they'll clinch in Milwaukee. Maybe that's yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking out. when I was looking at it. You know, that's, that's I guess that's a possibility. That would make some some sense there too. So. um you know, they've had people clinch on their home on turf before, so um, we'll see. No, I don't know. It's a little, I mean, it's still a little early to talk about clinchers, but uh, it's fun to plan, plan and look at. So, um, but we will be back at you next week again, hopefully, after a good week of Cardinal baseball. Um, but I uh, appreciate everybody that's been listening. Uh, you can, again, if you want to join our Discord, send me a message. We've got about uh, 13, 14 people in there and get some good discussions going on during games and everything like that. Um, but until next time for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night.